0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, Lacrosse is added again with a new line of lace up hunting boots, the Navigator Series. And in that Navigator series, there are two models: there's the Atlas for Men and the Windrose for both men and women. To find out more information about this new Navigator series, visit lacrossefootwear.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. Hopefully, everybody is having a great summer. School has started for most of Iowa, and that means that uh, fall is pretty much here. I always, I always say that school is uh, the start of school is the start of the fall, and I'll tell you right now that means we're one day, one week, one month closer to. Archery season here in Iowa. That October first opener gets me jacked every single year, and uh, this year is no different. Today on this episode, we're going to be talking with Ben Lial, and he wrote an article recently about improving your markman your marksmanship for archery, improving your accuracy. And uh, we, we're we going to break down basically everything from your stance to your grip to your draw to taking aim to the release, everything in between, and uh, get into a real basic conversation about... Uh, about how to improve your accuracy basically and uh, that's what this podcast is about today but as always before we get into the podcast we got to thank send a big thank you first of all to our partners at uh, Bondurant Custom Furniture if you if you haven't been to their website I strongly suggest going to BondurantCustomFurniture.com and taking a look at all the customer uh, the the custom furniture that these guys make—it's uh, crazy. It's really, really good. Um, they not only make just custom pieces out of out of wood, but they also take refurbished whiskey barrels and make some really cool tables and chairs and artwork and chandeliers and benches and dog beds even. So, go to Bondurant, Custom Furniture. Take a look at their gallery um, and then call them up and just chat with them and tell them what you're looking for. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to uh, uh, do what you want. So uh, BondurantCustomFurniture.com. We've done the commercial. We've done the intro. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. We're going to be talking about improving your accuracy with Ben Leal. All right, on the phone with me right now, Mr. Ben Leal. How you doing, man?
1: Good, man. It's uh, great to be here. And uh, actually, if you wouldn't mind pronouncing my name, it's Leal. Oh, it's Leal. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. It's, it's spelled Leal, but you know that's okay.
0: Leal. Okay, cool. Now, yep. now I know. And give me like two or three more times before I really get it.
1: Leal. <laughs> okay, Ben yeah, Leal. Uh, yep. So great to be here, man. Thanks for thanks for giving me a shout and uh, asking me to join you tonight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the topic is going to be improving your markmanship your mark your marksmanship when it comes to archery. Um, but before we get into the meat and the potatoes of this topic, uh, dude, summer is just about over. I always I always say summer's over <laughs> when school kicks back in, and uh, my daughter is already. You know, she's almost done with her first week of first grade. My son starts preschool next week. Uh, So as far as quote unquote summer, man, it's uh, it's almost in the books.
1: It is. And, uh, you know, a lot for a lot of kids, summer was over last Friday here in Iowa, uh, or at least, uh, you know, in the neck of woods that I live at. And, uh, you know, for many, many parents, for those that have the kids that that take off in the morning, they're kicking up their feet and throwing off their shoes and grabbing a cup of coffee and just listening (laughs) to the quiet
0: (laughs) i am one of those guys man like my uh my my oldest son this will be his uh second year of preschool so he goes four days a week in the mornings so i'll uh four days a week i'll just have my uh I'll just have my youngest son, and that I don't even know what I'm going to do with one kid. I'm going to have, like, all this free time to do because he's pretty self-sustainable. Like, throw, I don't know, throw a handful of crackers on the floor, and he'll take care of himself. (laughs) Or, you know, he he plays in one spot, and uh, he's easy to, like, transporting one kid is easy to transport. But this summer was, and I love my kids to death, but it was brutal with all three of them home at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah, it can be trying at times, especially if they're involved in, you know, extra activities during the summer where yeah. you got to transport them to practice, and uh, even if you're, you know, when i my son was a very young lad. I got roped into being a coach, you know. So oh, uh, yeah. not only was I taking him to practice, I was also coaching him and about uh, fifteen other little dudes. So oh yeah, uh, it wears on you, that's for sure.
0: My daughter uh, had a signed up for T-ball this year, and about a month. I'd say maybe three weeks before the, uh, the, I guess the season started for her T-ball, uh, my, uh, why and my son as well. My wife says, Oh, I forgot to tell you, you're a coach for max team. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. even like, I didn't even agree to it. I, she, she just signed you're a coach. So yeah. I, I did my first year of coaching for my son. And, uh, I tell you what, four-year-olds four year uh, are a handful to wrangle. Yep.
1: It is, and they have a ton of energy, and yep. you know, by the time you get there at the end of the day, you're about on empty, <laughs> and they're, they're still raring to go.
0: That's right. That's right. So like I told the parents, I said, my job here is just to get them tired so they go to bed earlier for you guys.
1: That's exactly right. That's right.
0: So the summer the end of summer also means that hunting season in Iowa is like that much closer. Like we're, we're just over a month out of, uh, yep. you know, just over a month out for archery season. And a lot of guys are starting to dust off the bows and start shooting again. Um,
1: sure are. Yep. I used to be that guy. Yeah, they guy. have their, uh, they have their cameras out now. I think everybody's yep. probably looking at some photos and uh, drooling over some of the big boys they're seeing. Yep. And uh, they're also uh, sharpening up their skills by uh, shooting some arrows into some targets, whether it's a block or uh, one of those uh, stands or those, those deers that stand up that you can yep. shoot at. So, yep. yeah, it's, they're getting antsy, man.
0: That's right. That's right. So, I used to be the guy who, oh, man, it's September, better start shooting, You know, like I don't shoot until September now with just me learning and knowing uh, about archery and muscle memory and all the other little things that go into making someone a better archer. I try to shoot way more in advance, you know, especially I leave, uh, next Friday, I leave for an elk hunt in Colorado. I got a mule deer hunt in South Dakota this year, and then I can start, you know, worrying about hunting in Iowa, but I, I, I've started over the years to really try to shoot as much as possible throughout the entire year. Um, you know, granted the winters are hard to do that in, but you know, anytime it's warm out, get out there, shoot a couple arrows, you know, and, uh, um, try to maintain that throughout the entire year. Where do you stand in that are you a dust off the bow and start shooting in September guy or, or do you try to shoot all year round
1: no i I'm not a year-round shooter uh, unfortunately because I also have a passion for fishing so yep. um, when the, when the water warms up and you know the bite is on uh, I hook up my truck to the boat and I'm off and I'm out uh, chasing after those uh, critters that swim around lakes and uh, you know I'm trying to trying to strive my best to see if I can't you know outdo my last fish that i caught so right. i spent a lot of time doing that in the summer um but invariably you know by the time august rolls around we start thinking about the uh, hunting season um you know i'm seeing the i'm seeing the reports of last year's harvests, and and that gets the gets the old brain clicking into the bow hunting mode and i may pull out the bow and start start shooting it a little bit but i think it's important as you mentioned you know it's just Repetitiveness will make you a better, better, uh, archer and better bow hunter. Um, and, uh, man, it's just nothing like getting out there and, and shooting the bow. And the main thing to remember is that if you're out there just practicing, don't over practice because what happens then is you start picking up bad habits because you're trying to overcorrect. Maybe your muscles are wearing out, you're shaking a little bit while you're holding your stance or holding yeah. your grip. And uh, next thing you know, you've got an arrow flying over the target and into a piece of wood or something.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll be completely honest uh, to you. I think that's what's happening with me right now. Um, about a, a week and a half ago, I start, I was, sh- I've been shooting my bow a lot. I think in the month of July, I shot every day, like close to 30, if not more arrows a day, uh, minus about six days in that entire month Uh, because of a a vacation and then and then I did that all the way through August as well started shooting a lot and then something happened recently to where I am my my accuracy has gone to shit and I don't know what it is and now it's in my head and now I'm starting to overcorrect. so I've reached out to a couple guys and like you said one of the guys told me dude set your bow down for a couple days and just forget about it. And then pick it back up. Maybe maybe shoot a couple arrows at twenty, put it down again, and and not not go overboard. But for me, it's that's hard because I leave in a week on an elk hunt.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's hard, you know, for the uh, uh, the nature of most guys. You know, we yeah. want to fix whatever's broken, right? Right. So we we analyze. We think we analyze again. You know, we we uh, send pictures of our our uh, shot patterns to our buddies and get them to analyze. Here's my grip, and then the next thing you know, you know, you have changed everything about your routine, which is not not uh, not a good thing to do. That's right. That's right. So,
0: you know, uh, there's there's two camps really when it comes to bow hunting. There's the there's the guys that, you know, from a gear standpoint, there's a guy there's guys kind of like me. Um, not necessarily every year get a new bow, but I always like to tinker with gear, right? So whether I get a new bow or I get a new set of arrows or, you know, that just takes a, it's a whole new learning curve. Every time you change something like that up, are you the kind of guy who, um, gets new gear every year or do you tend to stick with what's worked? And, uh, I guess that would make it probably a little easier
1: come August, to get back in the swing of things. Yeah, matter of fact, I've got a bow that I've had for probably now going on—I don't know—ten years or so. Oh yeah, um, it's an older bow, um, and uh, the only thing that I've done is is um, added a, a sight to it, some sights to it, and uh, I've also um, changed my arrows. I, I was having a problem with the arrows I had. And back then, though, I was you know brand new to the to the sport, so I I reached out to some guys that knew what they were talking about, and I got me some arrows out of uh, Sportsman's Warehouse that were that were you know pretty good, but pretty good. They uh, they were consistent, and so I've kind of stuck with that. I've you know I keep looking at the new gear, um, and I really would like to improve or, or you know upgrade my bow, but um, I haven't done it yet.
0: Yeah. There's a part of me that is starting to learn, like, man, I love the latest and greatest gear, but it's almost like you put yourself behind because you're, I find myself not really getting used to anything. I'm always, like, I get a new bow at the beginning of the summer or at the end of the winter, and, uh, you know, then I have to, you know, take my sights off, put it up, uh, you know, change everything, you know, tune it again and, and get it get it to where it's shooting right when I almost don't want to do that next year and just shoot the same equipment that I shot the previous year like I did, you know, several years ago before I became a gear nerd and just (laughs) see if that helps. Right? Because at the end of the day at the end of the day, man, the buck that you kill doesn't care what bow you shot it with yeah. right
1: and and that's you know uh, for me you kind of hit the nail on the head right there it's just you know do I want to go through all the trouble of uh, putting new sights on it because anything anything that I buy now is going to be totally different so I'm going to have to re-equip the entire bow so it's a new sight new counterweight uh, you know am I going to have a, a r- air rest that comes up am I not going to have an air rest you know i are going to have the the biscuit on the on the sights you know I mean it's all kinds of all kinds of things you got to think about changing and that and then that as a whole is going to change everything you do in the sh- in your shooting aspect because you're gonna to have to relearn the bow you're gonna to have to relearn how to um, aim it uh, and then of course there's there's a, just dialing in your sights and with a bow it's not it's not like a rifle where you can you know a couple of clicks and you know you re-aim and bam you're there because our, our arrows don't fly at, you know, 500 feet per second, you know what I'm saying? They're 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 uh, much slower speed and so there's a lot that can happen between release and impact. So changing, changing everything kind of makes me a little nervous. Um, right. And uh, so I haven't done it yet, but one of these days I'll probably do it and I'll go through the same thing. You know, it'll be a year long process before I can feel comfortable enough to shoot it at a deer right right
0: all right so let's talk about this article that you wrote um and i I, want to go through the titles of the 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 i guess the categories that you wrote about and Mm -hmm. i think the first thing uh that the article mentioned was the stance how important is the stance for overall archery accuracy and performance and, and form
1: well, you, your your stance, I mean that's your that's your overall anchor, right? I mean, your body as, and your stance is going to determine that's the foundation for the rest of the shot. So, you want to have a firm foundation. You don't want to be standing toward your target. You know, you want to be off at a 45 degree angle um because you're going to you're going to draw that bow across your chest. So, you, you you want as little movement as possible um laterally, right? So your your stance really is the, the the foundation. You know, if you look at a look at a house that somebody's building, right, what's the first thing they put down? It's the foundation of the house and they build everything else on top of it. So really that that's the that's the foundation you're gonna build your your shot off.
0: Okay. So is there break down what you feel is the best stance for someone to have. Like go into a little bit of detail about that.
1: Well, uh, I I I'll talk about what, what I do in terms of a stance um and how and why I feel it's the best. Um when I'm shooting uh, my bow, I will typically uh spread my feet apart about shoulder width. Uh, my my toes are are pointing perpendicular to my, my shoulders and I'm off about a forty five degree angle pointing away from my target. Um so that when I when I raise up the bow and I'm aiming down my sights uh i don't have to turn very much left or right with my my uh lower body everything is going to be upper body movement and i want to make that movement with my upper body as a whole i don't want to move my arm left or right because what is that's going to do that's going to change your aiming point so if i move just my arm then that changes you know where that arrow is going to go if i do that so with this with the the stance that I take, you know, shoulder width apart, don't lock your knees because I've seen somebody do that. And if you do it long enough, you're going to see stars. So don't do that. Um, you know, shoulder width apart, toes pointed in the same direction as your shoulders are pointed. And then a 45 degree angle off the target. And you're going to have a, a firm foundation. And again, it's just a matter of using your entire upper body to, to move that uh, bow left or right. And, uh, up and down for that matter because you, you want to make sure that 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 aiming point remains the same
0: so you're saying that a guy needs to keep his his arms locked or steady or, or no movement in the arms and you're actually moving your torso up and down to aim the bow
1: yeah because if i move my if if i'm holding the bow if i'm at a full draw and i'm looking down my my peep side and i move my left my left arm, which is, you know, I'm a right-handed shooter. So if I move my left arm out, uh, the back of the arrow is going to stay locked into my, my, um, position on my chin. So, you know, I'm changing where that arrow is going to fly. I gotcha.
0: I gotcha. All right. So, and and by the way, I'm asking these questions. I am, I have self, I'm self admittedly have bad form. So, <laughs> uh, I, this is going to be great for me as well. So, uh, so the torso moves the bow,
1: right? Yeah. Okay. You want to move your, and that way it's, it's basically in keeping the entire, your entire bow moving in the same direction. So the front of the bow moves, the back of the bow moves, your your grip on the front of the bow is in the same position. And so is the, and so is your hand on the back of here uh, when you're at full draw. So everything moves. Gotcha.
0: What else about the stance? Um, like, the head, or any other parts of the body that you really need to focus on.
1: Well, your head's going to turn toward your target, so um, you know you're you're going to aim forty. Or you're going to be off of forty five degrees, so your your aim and your head are going to be over your left shoulder as you're looking at your target. So, um, and again, if you move the if you move the front of the the bow left or right, you want to turn your head in the same direction. So, if you're you know. Keep in mind that the whole torso, upper torso moving, your head's going to move with it. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Uh, anything else on stance that you want to share with us?
1: I think it's important to just relax, you know, um, and, and I know it's easy for me to say sitting in, a, in an office, you know, and it's nice and cool in here, but uh, when you're in a tree stand or you're in a blind and you've got a eight point, you know, big buck coming down the trail. Uh, relaxing is probably the last thing you're going (laughs) to think about, (laughs) you know, your heart gets racing and and you get that butt fever and uh, you know, I've I've been there and done that, but uh, that's the main thing is just to relax because if you start tensing up, you know, all that tension in your body is really going to change some of the aspects of your shot. So um, easier said than done. Trust me. I think, you know, if you were to take a survey for every, Uh, hunter that's out there um, they can all testify it doesn't matter how many times they shoot that bow at a deer their hearts hearts pounding out of their chest and it's just you know virtually impossible to say i'm relaxed right (laughs) right
0: okay all right next thing on this list is the grip um i i'll tell you that i used to be the guy who would squeeze the crap out of it right until finally i had someone else who knew better said dude what are you trying you trying to kill your bow right so what's so important about the grip and what do you recommend as far as how to actually
1: hold the bow well every bow comes with a wrist strap for your left arm or right arm depending on which you know which side you shoot at but you're always going to have a a wrist strap and the the best way to describe it is is um you know take your take your right hand like you're going to shake somebody's hand and, you know, as you're shaking somebody's hand, the hands are going to meet right at the, at the webbing of your thumb and your forefinger. And that really is where the, where the, you're, you, it's basically you shaking hands with the bow, right? You're going to, you're going to just rest that bow inside there. And you're not going to, if you curl your fingers around the grip, you know, it would be a light curl. Um, Cause like you said, the death grip, what that does is, is that will actually pull the bow down when you, when you hang onto it real tight, you're going to see that bow move down. Um, and that's a mistake a lot of new hunters will do. And I did it, you know, I was gripping, gripping the, the, the left, my forearm, and I was hanging on for dear life and, um, that released the arrow and it would go invariably, you know, a few inches below where I was marked or aiming or even farther. Right. Right. So
0: when, when you put that bow grip right in the webbing, like you said, what are you doing with your fingers?
1: Those are just, you're just uh, uh, curling around lightly on the on the front of the bow, and that really is to keep it from actually falling forward, but you're not actually using those to grip the bow. That is more like a balance point. You're just trying to keep it in the palm of your hand without without adding pressure to the front of the bow with your fingers.
0: Okay, okay. Um, so it's just like, it's real light, and then curl around. Because I, I, I went from gripping it, uh, as hard as I could to keeping my hands all the way opened. And another guy then said, when you keep your hands all the way open, your wrist is kicking out more. So, yeah, so that, so your fingers actually control a little bit of the wrist movement. So he's like, curl them back in. And basically now all I do is just touch just the tips of my finger on part of the bow and on my on my thumb so yep. it, just yep. very lightly
1: yep and that gives that also gives you a little bit of confidence that that bow is not going to go anywhere you know you've got you've got uh, a, uh you can feel the bow in, in the palm of your hand and you can also feel it on your fingertips And you are know, like okay i've got the bow in my hand it's not going anywhere right
0: okay now is there is that just something simple i mean or does have have you ever played around with putting secondary market grips on your bow to help you know because I hear some guys talk about they like narrow grips, some guys talk about fat grips, or is that just like a personal preference?
1: Yeah, I think that's like a personal preference. It's kind of like you know the 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 tape that uh, baseball players use on their bats or uh, a tennis player will use on the racket, you know some of them like a little bit bigger, a softer grip, you know they can feel like they can get a hold of the bat or the racket same goes for a bow you know I haven't messed with my grip at all um it's actually the 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 grip that was uh, on the bow when I got it from the factory so um you know i am it obviously if the grip is is way too narrow for your hand you probably want to add something to to give it some bulk but um I actually have never looked into you know the research of a bow making but I gotta believe that part of the grip manufacturer or at least what they put into the grip is a part of the bow balance. So you yeah. may change the balance of that bow by adding, uh, you know, some, some bigger grips. Right. Right.
0: Well, I have a, I have a buddy who just absolutely hates it when someone puts new rims on their car, because he's a firm believer that the engineers made those rims specifically for that vehicle. You do not need new rims on your truck or your car right because it just he says it throws it all off so uh kind of similar to that all right so this is where it gets starts to get a little crazy because i'm i i come straight back right i don't i don't necessarily point the bow straight up in the air and you know some of these guys are just almost pulling too much weight i feel yeah and, yeah, and yeah and we're talking about the draw now. So the first thing I want to ask you is where do you see or feel a lot of people start making mistakes in the draw cycle?
1: Well, the, you know, in the article that I wrote, there's a perfect example of of where a mistake was made. I I had a bow or the bow that I bought actually was set to a 70 pound draw. Um, And I have uh, my right shoulder. um, I injured it chasing my son. Uh, When he was a a, a little guy in kindergarten and uh, he fell down and it was either run him over, or jump and roll. So I did the the ladder and I I, uh, banged up my shoulder. So I have a a little bit of a weakened shoulder on my right side. Okay. Um, So I went into the, the bought the bow and I practiced with it at 70 pound draw. And I thought, well, I can, I can do this. No problem. But in order for me to come to full draw, I would have to, basically raise the bow up so it would be instead of instead of going straight out from my body I would raise the bow up and it would be a a, almost like a, a unison um draw so my left arm would go forward and my right hand would come back and then I would bring the bow back down to what I was aiming at so that first mistake right there was I induced a ton of movement into my draw you know um, deer are pretty wary and you start moving a lot up in the deer stand, they're going to see it. Right. Right. So then, uh, the other mistake I made was because the draw was so heavy, my, I had to pull hard and fast that my arrow rest came up and the arrow made, uh, you know, uh, noise across the rest as it came, came back toward my, uh, anchor point. And as soon as that buck heard it, you know his his anything that I could shoot at was behind a big tree, and his head was in the front, and his tail was in the back, and um, I couldn't even hold the draw long enough for him to move out behind that tree. So I watched a nice big buck walk away.
0: So you're you're saying that you at that point you needed you probably should have been shooting something like sixty pounds or yeah, I ended up.
1: I ended up going to around 55 pounds, quite honestly, um, and that allowed me to make a smooth draw. Um, I could hold my bow straight out in front of me, and rather than using my left and right arm to make the draw, I could simply hold the bow out, grab my uh, uh, the release with my the release in my hand and I can pull it straight back without making any movement other than drawing uh, the, the string straight back.
0: Okay. So uh, just kind of to reiterate here, there should be hardly any movement in the, as far as up and down movement of the bow. You should hold your bow out, and you should draw it and push it at the same time, and almost, almost so that as soon as you get to your anchor point, you're not having to move the bow anywhere else.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and the best way for somebody that's never shot a bow is to do it is just to go into a shop because I know uh, there's Bass Pro Shops and and uh uh Sportsman's Warehouse and Shield. I mean, those are some of the big names around town, but there's also some local guys, local shops that'll help you out. Just go in there and say, "Hey, I'd like to try uh bow hunting," uh, and you know, figure out what your what your draw weight you're comfortable at, um and also your draw length. That's also important. Right. And I think, um, you know,
0: in Iowa, we don't hunt elk and we're not necessarily shooting 70 yards at a antelope or a mule deer. So, yeah. you know, I'm almost to the point now, I, even when I set up my tree stands, the furthest by far, and this would be really stretching it if I, if I ever do would be close to 40 nothing over 40 but where i have my tree stands most of the time it's going to be inside 30 even so yeah. fast bows and heavy weights are awesome but it probably doesn't matter that much in a scenario where you're at 20 yards you know i think that a majority of the deer that get killed with a bow are at 18 yards i think that was yeah the i study agree. that was done
1: Yeah, yeah. they're they're you know for me i'm very comfortable at 20 yards I, i'm comfortable with my aiming point and uh, release um I don't uh, I'm very comfortable with that get out to 30 yards and um you know unless I'm pretty sure there's nothing in the way of that shot I, I typically won't take it but uh, anything between 20 and 30 yards or less um I'm very comfortable doing and um I think for most people that's very true you know they're 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 people are getting uh, uh educated and so they can actually get up in the street stands and take care of their, their uh, scent and, and, you know, fool the deers well enough to where they can get them to win in that 20 yards. Right. Right.
0: All right. So um, anything else about the draw that is important or that people should know?
1: Well, I think it, it's really important to just practice, uh, you know, making that, that draw from, from a collapsed bow to full draw. Uh, you know, you, you want to have a, a draw that doesn't, uh, have a ton of movement in it other than maybe your right arm coming back as you're pushing away from, with your uh, left arm. Um, the other thing is, uh, noise, you know, be cognizant of, of how much noise the arrow does make coming across your, you know, I have a drop down rest on my arrow, so it's a, it's a, um. Uh, I'm not, it's a composite plastic that comes up and holds the arrow up. So if you, if you draw real fast, you get that, that noise, you know, that comes across there and that's, that's a big giveaway. And many times, of course, in my case, it cost me an eight point buck, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so those are some of the things that are, that are important to, to remember. And the thing is really is just make sure that you're comfortable with the draw weight that you have. If it's too, too heavy, I think you can shoot a deer uh, within 20 yards probably um penetrating all, you know, through and through with 45 pound bow. So, yeah.
0: and I tell you what, I think part of that has to do with being macho. Like, I don't, right. I don't, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm getting past this point. Cause I, uh, I want to say five years ago, I, I got a bow with 80 pound limbs on it. Just, be- oh, man. just because. Yeah. I mean, I was lifting a lot of weights at the time and I was in really good shape and it, it it's not that I was trying to be a badass, uh, but I could do it at the time. Right. I, I, right. I had the ability yeah. to have an 80 pound draw. And, um, I realized that practicing became a little bit more difficult, uh, that following year when I wasn't working out as much. So, right. uh, and you know, when you're, when you start becoming fatigued, that's when the accuracy goes out the window. And, um, so the next bow that I got went back down to, uh, you know, went back down to 70 pounds and that's where I'm staying until I drop down again. Cause you know, I don't really think there's a need to go up unless, you know, you want to do it.
1: Yeah. And 70 pounds is plenty. You know, I, I, I shoot a 50 pound, 55 pounds draw on mine and, uh, you know, 20 yards, if I don't hit any uh, bones in 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 flight, I can put a arrow right through a deer at twenty yards easily. So, right. um, that's plenty. All right, and now,
0: right, we got our we got our foundation, which is the stance. We've talked about the draw. Next comes the anchor. All right, talk to us a little bit about the anchor.
1: The anchor that's the 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 anchor point where you're going to be uh, looking through your sight, um, and really that is one. To me, it's one of the important parts of it is you want to lock yourself into the same anchor point every time. So, you know, develop, develop some sort of a habit. You know, for me, I have my release in my right hand. I pull back on the bow and I always lock my thumb behind my, my right ear, you know, just below the lobe of my ear. And that's my anchor point. And as long as I'm there every time, then I know I'm going to be able to aim that bow in the same spot every time. Right. So I think the, the anchor point, quite honestly, is something that everybody needs to figure out where it is. Some guys some guys will allow their their uh release finger to rest under their eye, you know, just whatever your preference is, but it's coming back to the same spot every time you shoot that bow. And again, that there's that muscle memory, the repetitiveness, pull the bow back, go into your anchor stance, you know, and and then take aim. Right.
0: So are you a kisser button guy? Are you a uh, put your nose on the string kind of guy um or do you just have that one anchor point?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a I got the anchor point and I've got the 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 string pretty close to my nose, but it's you know that I'm I'm able to see through that peep every time and I'm a, able to pick out the pin I want to use um and uh, that's the same spot every time. So it it becomes uh, a habit, you know. You just you just go to the same spot every time.
0: Yeah. So for me, I have <laughs> I got my right index finger missing, so that is an anchor point right in my ear, and then okay. I got my kisser button in the corner of my mouth, and then I put my nose just touching the string, center of my nose just touching the string. And that's, mm-hmm. those are my three anchor points that I do every single shot. And I know that yep. when, when I am at full draw and those anchors are there, I don't even worry about, you know, going to the site and trying to put the, the, the pin on the target until I hit my anchor points. Once yeah, they're there, exactly. then I go, then I'm, it's like, it's almost like this whole process is just a, okay, st- is my stance right? Okay. Time to draw. Okay, I'm at full draw. Okay, my anchor points. All right, I'm taking aim. All right, release. It's this just, it's a routine. Every single time, do the th- same thing.
1: Exactly right, yep. Okay. Yep, and that's the main thing is just, you know, that's that repetitiveness and the um, the practice. And once you get to that point where you're, you're comfortable with your anchor point, like you said, get to the anchor point first and then begin to look for your peep and find your yardage pin. And uh, if, if you do it the same time every time, you're going to be in the same spot. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, the anchor, pretty self-explanatory. So like you said, now it's time to, to worry about the pins and the targets and all that stuff. This is where I feel it, it gets kind of complicated because there's a whole bunch of different information out there as far as you know should you look at the pin versus should you look at the target um, pin float all these different things that kind of go into uh, getting the best possible accuracy so what what do you recommend uh, as far as putting the pin on the target is there is there a way that you do it that's worked for you in the past
1: yeah, what I try to do is I actually uh, put the pin on the target first, and then I look beyond the pin. So once I've got my pin lined up on the target, then I'll take, you know, uh, refocus my eye to the target, and, you know, uh, it kind of gets to the point where, okay, it's long, my pin's lined up, my target's lined up, and then I can release.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, and then, I mean... How long does that take? Do you have kind of a mantra or anything that once you get anchored up uh that you say or that you do or um do you bring the pin down or do you bring the pin up on your target? What do you do?
1: Yeah, I think for me most of the time it's it's bringing the pin up. Um I don't want my peep to be uh, uh when I look first look through it to be full of uh full of the pin. Um I want to bring that pin center from the bottom up so that I'm looking at the target at the same time. And, uh, um, I only use two pins on my bow. My, uh, yeah, I use that adage, you know, uh, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah, yep. so, You know, uh, I know there's, there's a lot of guys that will put, you know, three or four, five pins on their, on their sights, And, um, uh, you know, for me, that's just going to overcomplicate it. Cause then what I'm going to end up doing is picking the wrong pin and my, my arrow is going to fly. You know, five feet above the target, and 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 uh, so I keep it I keep it simple, just two pins, and again I just come to to a full draw, and then I allow that that uh, that pin to to come up into my peep from the bottom, and I I just uh, basically take a, a you know one two three count you know one thousand one one thousand two, um, and that also helps with your breathing before you get the release. Gotcha
0: okay so uh and then at what point are you actually pulling the trigger then um you're you personally you come up on the target and you do like a one two three squeeze and that that's your that's your kind of routine
1: yeah yeah and uh um I think the, the thing that we forget, tend to forget, uh, whether you're hunting with a bow or you're hunting with a rifle or a shotgun is the breathing aspect of it. Um, many, many, many years ago, I was a, a member of the arms armed forces. I was in the army. Um, and I went through quite a bit of, uh, um, training as far as, uh, you know, shoot my weapon. And one of the things that they emphasized was breathing. You, you need to take a breath and let it halfway out and, and hold it. Um, because the act of breathing, uh, you got to take in mind that this this would be more, would affect a shot if it was a 500-yard shot versus, you know, the 20 yards that we're doing. But nevertheless, breathing can affect because your whole body's moving up and down or, um, you know, your chest expanding and contracting can change your anchor point or, or at least where it's resting on your cheek. I mean, there's variables that, that can come into play when it comes to the breathing aspect up to it. So I take a deep breath, you know, 1,001, 1,002, and I start letting it out. And then I'll hold it, and then I'll just go ahead and squeeze the trigger. And the, it should be a surprise to you when you release. You know, you don't want to be a jerk, jerk trigger. You want it to be a nice, smooth release, and then the bow leans forward as the arrow goes. And hopefully what you see is a, a through and through, and, you know, your buck or, or doe runs off about 10 yards and falls down. Right.
0: So then there's this thing called target panic, right? Where you're trying to time the pin going to the bullseye and that just, your bow's moving so much that you're, you're trying to time the pin crossing the target, the part of the target that you want to hit. And then there's the trigger punch where you're, it's almost like you're bringing your, your draw arm forward as you're pulling the trigger. Right, and mm-hmm. those those two yeah. things are really bad. Do you have any tips or tricks on how a guy who maybe is not having the best accuracy to try to beat something like that,
1: and you know, just improve his accuracy? Well, I, I, you know, one of the things you don't want to do is to release that arrow as soon as the the sight comes into the spot you want it. You want to you want that thing to come up slowly. And like I said, it's you know, for me, it's just a matter of counting to three slowly and I'm the third exhale, and then the release should be a surprise. It's just like firing a weapon. You you don't want to jerk the trigger backwards because you're either going to do, like you said, your arm's going to come forward a little bit, and you're going to try to help that, that release, or you're going to pull back too hard, and you're going to lift the arrow up, and it's going to shoot over your target.
0: Right. Okay. All right. So, you know, we've, cover- we've, we've covered all the basics here. Is there any do-not-do's? um that maybe you see a lot of guys do that is like man you can't you gotta stop doing that or any additional tips or tricks that you'd like to share with us today
1: well i think for, for most hunters the do not do's is is the the grip i mean that is something that um you really gotta the be cognizant of and practice the other thing is is not to get in too much of a hurry um sometimes a shot's going to present itself and you're going to be in a hurry to take that shot but uh we want to take our time and we also want to be accurate with our shots we're not always going to be 100 percent accurate uh you know i'll I'll admit that i've had some errant shots and uh you know the the deer went down but didn't go down the way i wanted it to you know uh i like to be considered an ethical hunter so i'm going to try to make sure that Whenever I take an animal, that it's going to be quick and fast for the animal. So, um, not being a, a, a reactionary shooter is important because uh, reaction shots tend to be errant shots, and sometimes um, they can lead to a deer that you know has to be let let roam around for a while till it till it finally bleeds out, or even even worse, you don't even recover the deer. So. Right.
0: Amen. Had to go through a situation like that last year, and it's uh, not definitely not a good feeling to uh, let a deer sit overnight. I'll tell you that right now.
1: Yeah, and it's not. Uh, you, you might recover it, but uh, you know, so so could the coyotes, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> they I, have dinner. Yep, absolutely. So it's it's almost like it is your job to put the best ethical shot on a whitetail as humanly possible um, to make sure that. It, that they die fast and sometimes that just means maybe taking a little bit more time than dusting your bow off in september
1: absolutely and i you know i think that's that's important and it's an aspect of hunting that i try to encourage everybody that that i talk to about it is uh you know uh the the nuances with bow hunting is that we're not always going to be in control of what happens to that arrow when it when, when we release it uh, there's going to be this little twig that is, uh, invisible to us because of the light that's out there yep. and the bow or the the arrow is going to hit that thing and, and it'll deflect it even a couple of inches at 20 yards is going to move it, you know, maybe six inches on the target. And rather than going through, you're going to spine the, the deer and, and it'll drop, but it's not going to die anytime soon. So, right. you know, we, we also have to be able to learn how to forgive ourselves because again, we're not in a hundred percent control of what's going to happen to that arrow once it's released. But um, we have a responsibility as hunters to make sure that we are prepared to to uh, take that animal in a quick and ethical and humane way, um, you know, because it is providing meat and it's providing dinner for a lot of people. So um, right. I think hunting is a great thing. And, I, you know, it's something that I want to pass on. You know, my son has asked me several times, when are we going hunting again, Dad? Uh, so it's something that I want to pass on to my kid, and, and I want to pass on to his kids when he gets around there. Um, but it's all about sportsmanship and ethics and uh, doing the right thing when it comes to hunting. Absolutely.
0: Well, Mr. Ben Leal, man, I really appreciate your time tonight, uh, chit-chatting about this, uh, this improving your your markmanship for archery. Um, anything that you want to add before we close her down tonight?
1: No, I, I think we've covered it all. You know, I just want to, um, you know, encourage everybody that's in, that's going to be out there this year bow hunting to to get out right now, start uh, pulling that uh, bow out of the bag and dusting off the arrows and and start making those practice shots. And as you already alluded to, there is such a thing as is too much practice, right? You right. can you can uh, over practice. Um, make sure that you have a bow that is fitted for you. Make sure that you're comfortable with the draw weight and then just practice. Um, I, I would say 15 to 20 arrows, um, you know, every other day is probably plenty. Um, and don't overthink it, you know, the, just, uh, practice makes perfect practice, practice, practice.
0: Well, Ben, thanks for your time, man. And, uh, good luck this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, man. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck to you as well. Good luck on your elk hunt. I'm kind of jealous. You'll have to let me know how it goes.
0: (laughs) And that brings us to the end of another Iowa Sportsman podcast. Huge shout out to Ben. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to hop on and uh, chat about that article with us. Go out, check. Bondurant Custom Furniture's website out, bondurantcustomfurniture.com. Thank you for uh, your support in this podcast. And be sure to go and subscribe to the Iowa Sportsman podcast. Lots of great information on this uh, podcast. Also, lots of great information on the Iowa Sportsman website as well. Lots of great articles there, iowasportsman.com. Also, the magazine right go to the website iosportsman.com and you can subscribe to the magazine there as well so you're getting it from the podcast you're getting it from the website and you're getting it from the magazine it's the trifecta of great content and uh, you know it's not just Iowa who uh, can benefit from this people who live in Iowa uh, because the principles that you can learn from some of these articles are nationwide so uh, go check it out and, uh, thank you guys very much for tuning in, subscribe to the Iowa sportsman podcast or the, uh, sportsman's nation. And, uh, I think that's it, man. Please dust off your bow. Be safe this archery season. If you're going to be in a tree stand, wear your safety harness. And, uh, that's it for this week, guys. We'll talk to you next week.